Kink 101 is proud to present Deviant Discussions, where kinksters come together and put the why in kink, with Diavol Diablo, Subtle Shadow, and Glass Girl. This is Deviant Discussions. <sighs> hey! Oh man, I just want to introduce myself by saying I have too many books and if I tell you that I've bought any more books like feel free to shout at me <laughs> I would never yell at anyone for having too many books I don't, I don't know if there's such a thing yeah. well right so I just got bookshelves installed and I've got two four six eight sixteen shelves and I've, oh my god I haven't finished unpacking my boxes of books yet and I'm uh, getting quite shy on room and one of the shelves has a little bit of a bow in it now it's made with like 18 millimeter thick wood uh, and it's bowing because there's that many books wow. so. I don't even know what millimeters are I'm American oh God, <laughs> just under an inch or so oh. yeah just under an inch like an well, inch is 2.5 or something 2.4 yeah uh, it's fairly thick when there's like 16 of them Cost me a hell of a lot of money. I know that. Yeah. But I've got like one shelf that's dedicated to all my ye olde books that no one's allowed to touch. So that's like right at the top. And the problem with that Your is like. what? Ye olde. Like ye olde. Olden. They're super old, old books. Antique. Oh. Yeah, antique books. <laughs> oh, that's a cool like, word. I might have to use that. Ye olde. It's just like old English. <laughs> Like old yeah. with an E on the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we say ye. that because we have yieldy stuff in this country. <laughs> <laughs> we have some too where I am. It's just not as old as yours. <laughs> <laughs> Semi yieldy. Yeah. Um, mm. Anyway, moving swiftly on. So um, I wanted to talk today about space, uh, not the final frontier uh, like you know with stars and things like that um although i have just been putting books away about space so maybe uh but no like subspace <laughs> dumb space top space etc uh, the list mm -hmm. goes on just as many spaces as there are roles i guess uh and i wanted to find out what you guys experience of space was how you get there how you safely get out of there um and also just what it feels like for anyone that might not have experienced it before um my experience in space is somewhat lacking, so I'll throw in my two penneth where I can. But uh, Glass, why don't you give us an insight into your experience of space? Yeah, um, well, I would say that I've experienced subspace because I, um, I don't, I've not played as a, a dom or a top. Um, and as far as like getting me there, um, sometimes pain will do it. Um, but also like really intense, um, degradation, um, has done that as well. I would say for me, it's a feeling of, if honestly, um, it feels like being high, like, you know, on like really good. Yeah. Kind of like if you've ever had like severe, like pain, <clears throat> or have like had a surgery or ever been given like Percocet or oxytocin, like that, that kind of drug, um, it kind of creates this like euphoric feeling. Um, and I would probably equate it with that, like just complete bliss. 
Interesting. What about you, Shadow? Has it been the same for you? Um, it has. I have done quite a bit of drugs in my life and um <laughs> can if anyone has ever um smoked weed, which I'm sure a whole bunch of people have, if you've ever been like so stoned out of your gourd that like you can barely move, it's kind of like that for me, but there's also a very um lucid recognition of like what's happening like that um I just feel an immense amount of relaxation and uh yeah I um I actually kind of have it's it's a less happy story <laughs> about my first space experience I don't know if we want to go to the dangers of space, Absolutely. like being in that headspace. Yeah, if we're covering um, everything, why not? Yeah. So my first experience of headspace uh, or subspace was with the first partner person that I ever did anything beyond like getting spanked on the ass with. And um, I was in the midst of frenzy, which is something where you just want to do all of the kinky things as quickly and as much as possible. And I met a dom on FetLife who two weeks later, I was in his bed <laughs> um, and we proceeded to do an incredible amount um, of activities. And while the experience itself, I want to say was positive at the same time I do feel like I was taken advantage of because of my newness and I think just like um, drugs and alcohol can blur the lines of consent I really think that being in subspace can do the exact same thing so like just I, I, I didn't even realize why people said frenzy was so dangerous until I was in subspace. And then like, even a year later, like looking back, I was like, Oh yeah. Like I put myself in a really, really dangerous situation and I'm lucky that like nothing happened worse than it did, you know? And like, mm. it just um, really made me like guard that space, that subspace. And I haven't let myself go there fairly recently with um with actually both of my partners now but first my um my comet poly comet um was the first I had let do that because I trusted him enough but we had like known each other for like a year and a half you know like there was a full like understanding that he wasn't going to take advantage of me or in that space and he didn't and um then the same happened with my local partner and yeah like I think that it's all the more enjoyable when you know that the person you're with is taking care of you um during that space because at least for me too like the past couple of times I've had difficulty talking while I'm in subspace um and that's a new one for me I've never gone nonverbal before but that's started to happen so yeah I hear a lot anyway. of people talk about going nonverbal when they reach space and things like that and I don't know that I've ever experienced that like it's rare that I'm non-verbal <laughs> or at least non-vocal in some way um yeah but I can imagine that it must be from the inside kind of I don't know like is there a fear there while you're in that space or like 
For no. me, I'm I'm such a control no. freak. I would be worried. That's why I don't do drugs or anything like that. Is because I'm too apprehensive of the the come down and the not having control of myself. Mm. Um, I think that it, at least when it when you're talking about the the hormones that are released during subspace, like you you don't even have the capacity to be worried. <laughs> Like you, all you feel is just like, oh, this is, this is sweet. I'm super happy right now. <laughs> yeah. I've orgasmed in subspace. Yeah, I have too. Like, and... Without being touched. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. That's hot. <laughs> yeah. Just with words. Very hot. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder then if I have been in space without realizing, um, you know, it's I've possible. never. I've never had like a drugged up feeling, but at the same time, I wouldn't really know what a drugged up feeling is. Um, the only time that I've been like absolutely off my rocker on any kind of drug was uh, when I'd had surgery and I had morphine. But I was like, I'd, I would not want someone to experience me being like I was on morphine because I was just, I was useless, beyond useless. Um, I don't know. I like junk DD. Oh, so gosh. I bet morphine yeah. DD would be pretty awesome too. <laughs> no, like morphine DD can't like function at all. Like I thought someone was calling me and it was actually me calling somebody else on Facebook. And I answered and I'm like, hey, I'm in hospital. What's up? And they were like, you just rang me. Are you okay? And I'm like, no, no, you rang me. And they were like, no, no, you, you've just called me on Facebook. And I'm like, I didn't know you could call on Facebook. How did you do that? And they were like, no, you did it. <laughs> Oh man, it was a mess. It was a hot mess. Um, but it was, you know, I was sat there in a bed and it was very comfortable and uh, I just slept it off for like two days. But, um, and then other times when I have tried like weed and things like that, it just makes me tired and I go to sleep. So I think maybe I've experienced some form of space and just not thought it was the same because you do often hear people say it's like a floaty high feeling, you know, you feel like, it's like a drug-like experience. And because I haven't experienced it in that way, maybe I just assumed that I'm not having that experience. I think there's different levels too. Like, I think there's times where I've been in it. I would say I've been in it deeper than other times. Um, yeah. So you might've, like, it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about an experience that I had once um, that was just a, a phone call, um, which sounds really basic, but um this person was talking to me and I was like, Oh God, so into their voice. Um, and they weren't, they weren't exactly doing anything. Like it wasn't a guided hypnosis or anything like that. They were just talking, but the way that they were talking and the things that they were saying, like I was in, I was in a conference room at work and I had to sit down because I felt like my legs wouldn't hold me anymore. And then when the call ended, and I went to stand up. I was just dizzy as fuck is the only way I can explain it. And I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I was literally just listening to this person speak. But the effect that their voice had had on me was just unlike anything. And I remember trying to walk back to my desk and I felt, I guess I felt drunk. Um, you know, yeah. when you feel like you're not walking in a straight line kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess that's probably an experience of being in some form of space. Um, yeah. But I have no idea how they did it. And I, 
I don't know that anyone could ever do it again. It was like accidental maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And it was during work hours. So thankfully I don't work for that employer anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If if they happen to be listening, I'm very sorry that you paid me a lot of money for a year to do nothing but listen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think it's important too that, you know, it be talked about ahead of time that not negotiating mid scene or in scene. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um, is a, an important aspect of, of it because honestly, um, when you're in that space, like it, I would, I would say when you're in that space, you'd likely be very agreeable. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. And if you have someone, um, who's maybe not ethical and you don't know that, um, they could take advantage of you in that space. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's similar on the flip side? If like a top or a dom is in their form of space, can they take more advantage of you than they would if they were clear headed or mm-hmm. can they be taken advantage of and go further than they maybe would? Like, you know, they have their own limits at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's possible that a dom or a top in space could be pushed further than they would be if they remained clear-headed yes yeah I would agree yeah absolutely so it's it's why it's so important to have those boundaries defined ahead of time mm-hmm. and to you know keep in mind at least you know how f- at least well it's a little bit different for a top in my experience at least uh I am I don't know that I've ever really gone into any sort of top space I've definitely where the bottom space subspace is kind of this floaty um not really cloudy experience but it's dreamlike for me i guess when i'm atop it's a like everything is just crystal clear and it's very um you're very much aware of your like it's hyper awareness i think for me and uh, um, I'm trying to think of where I was going with this, but essentially like, I, I think you can get carried away as a top and yes, the bottom can, can egg you on in that way. Um, but like Lass was saying, it's so important to go into a scene knowing and keeping in mind what you agreed to, because at the end of the day, while even if you're a service top, um, you're essentially like I feel an immense responsibility for anybody that I'm hitting. <laughs> like I want them, I feel a caretaker aspect, I guess. Like I really want to ensure that I, th- because they're trusting me to not harm them, mm-hmm. that I I really honor that. And I think a lot of, or at least the, the tops that I, and doms I've talked to um, kind of feel similarly, like you just kind of have to, on some level, have your wits about you so that you don't lose control. And if there's somebody who says they never lose control or they don't worry about that, like I actually would, um, I wouldn't say it's a red flag or anything, but you'd be dubious about it. Yeah. Not that they never lose control. That part, it would be good to know that they never lose control, (laughs) but that they, if they're in denial about, having a part of themselves that they struggle with 
that might go to that darker side. I think recognition of that is a recognition of like what you consider right and wrong, you know? Mm. Does that make sense? It does. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm, yeah. So in, in the way that like, to I suppose to summarize that, what you just said and just make sure I understand is whereas being in like a right side of the slash space is like a dreamlike quality and a lack of control, but still aware of everything being on the left hand side is more of a hyper sensitivity to that control and, and the surroundings and what the other person is going through. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when I think about it from the left side, my experience isn't like that. Um, I guess thinking, thinking about this experience with the person's voice when I was on the right hand side, um, it was like, I don't want to say an out of body experience because that's not right. It was more like a bodyless experience. Like I just didn't mm-hmm. exist at all. Whereas when I'm on the left side, it's very much it suddenly goes to being like third person and I'm in control, but more of a puppet master of myself. Um, and, and thinking about those experiences where I've had, where people have, you know, seen me in that way, it's not been a hyper awareness. It's almost like I'm watching a documentary or something. It's like, I'm watching it play back in front of me, but I can Mm -hmm. still, affect what's happening um like I can make my arm move further that way if I see that it needs to move that way or I can think okay pull it back a bit further or you know they want you to say this kind of thing so I make the decision of whether or not I give that to them and it it feels almost like I'm playing chess I guess I don't know. It's, it's strange to explain, but it's definitely more like I'm the controller of the situation, but not the person in the situation. Do you know what I mean? Like a first person shoot a video game almost Mm. um, versus like a third person shoot a video game. So like where I listen to tops and doms talk about this hyper awareness and I think they're in first person perspective. For me, it's a lot more third person perspective. So you you feel like more of an observer. Yeah, definitely. definitely yeah, I get more. that. It almost, I mean, it sounds almost like disassociation. Yeah, um, definitely. That's really fascinating. Uh, do you still feel in control of as the puppet master of yourself? Yeah, I think probably more so than I would if I felt like I was stuck in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel How interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's like being the conductor of the orchestra rather than one of the musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I watch other people doing a scene, like a, a dungeon or whatever, I feel like I'm watching a, a symphony play. Uh, whereas when I'm doing it, I feel like I'm not one of the musically talented people. <laughs> I'm just making them make the music for me, which is really strange because obviously I'm stood there doing it, but, the way that it feels in my head. And if I don't reach that place, it feels false. Um, it feels like a false experience. Like I'm not delivering enough because I haven't reached that point of, I suppose, disassociation. Yeah, I get that. I, I mean, as far as like subspace goes, um, it's that you start to chase it um, because it does feel so good. 
and it, it's not something like I don't get there every time. Um, and it, uh, you have to kind of check yourself that way. Like I had to, not you, but I had to check myself and like, it doesn't mean it's not a good experience. If I don't get the subspace, it's still valid and, you know, beautiful or beautiful and sharing between two people, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. That chasing that. I think it's the same thing with like, even like with sex, right. It's like people often think that chasing the orgasm is like the only way to, for sex to be pleasurable. And that's not true. Not for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can still be, I think that there's this expectation um, when you're new to kink, um, especially on the right side, that you have to, you're not like actually really submitting or really bottoming if you never get to, if you don't get to this space. Like it's almost like subspace is some kind of qualifier in the kink world. And that's not really, that's not the case. Like a lot of people don't experience these things yeah Yeah. and they still have a ball (laughs) exactly I mean some people can hit subspace like like super easily and others can hit it easily you know one time and then maybe never again like it's um it's not predictable I think there's a lot of factors yeah do you think that the actual kink activity itself is a big factor I think so yeah and I think it's going to be whatever speaks to you the deepest yeah, because I'm thinking about like when I've had like one of my partners is fucking amazing at telling dirty stories, which again sounds really basic, but it works for me because it feeds into like the oralism and and using my imagination and things like that. Yeah, and certain stories will take me to a different place. Um, you know, they will in the way that you sometimes read a book and you just get sucked completely into that story world. Yes. Sometimes hearing those stories will suck me into that story world. Whereas other ones, I'm just like, oh, that's hot and it's getting me off. Right. And I feel like maybe a a kind of space, I suppose, is feeling like you're in that story world because you, you know, you've gone to a different place at the end of the day. You're you're not in like whatever the situation is, whether you're lying in a bed or stood up in a bathroom stall or whatever, you're in a different split like space mentally because of what yeah. that other person has done for you or to you, I guess. Um, yes. So it really is a very, yeah. very subjective thing, I think. And when I think about it like that, there are definitely more experiences I can think of where I had that. I'm, I'm not in this moment. I'm somewhere else at the time. Um, and I think that that's what qualifies as space for me. Yes. I can see that for sure. Hey, I have hit space. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, pain, pain does tend to get me somewhat there, but probably the the biggest and most surreal, like highest, deepest subspace I've ever been in was like me on the floor and a foot on my face and degradation. Damn. Yeah. That would definitely put, I could see how that would, would shoot you to that space pretty quickly very fast and very deep yeah and it took me a while to come out of it for sure and what about you shadow do you have like any almost instant experiences like that and and do they feel scary because they happen so suddenly um actually no i i I haven't had any that were so quick or sudden like that um most 
All my experiences, and I mean, I can count them on one hand, have been um, simply just, it, it, it has been during kind of almost at the peak of scene play. Like um, it's, it's something that has to be built up for me. Mm. Do you find them scary glass if they're like the really sudden ones like that with the foot on your face? Um, I, I think it happened so quickly and so intensely that I didn't have time to be scared. Certainly when I was coming out of it after, it wasn't really fear, but it was kind of like, holy fuck, what was that? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Um, cause I was like uncontrollably orgasming too. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it, yeah, it was kind of shocking cause I had never had an experience like that before. And is that the kind of thing that you start to chase because it's, yep. it's, it's like an <laughs> unknown experience. It's not necessarily yep. the uncontrollable orgasms that you're chasing. It's just everything yep. that was going into that moment. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Awesome. And then you're kind of left especially if you're not with that partner anymore, it's like, is anyone else ever going to be able to get me to that spot? I can understand that for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I guess one of my other questions, like you were saying about how space almost feels like, um, like a qualifier for the quality of your kink and things. Does it ever happen or has it ever happened for you guys where it's like after the fact, you know, in the same way that you have your come down, like you need your aftercare. Sometimes people suddenly need aftercare like two days later. What about space? Can you hit space like after? I would say I, I mm. can't speak for anyone else's experience, but I would say no. Like I, I, there's certainly it's still that like that kind of blissful, like, oh, like, you know, even after like sex, right? Like you, some people have like those moments after sex where it's just like a general feeling of well-being. Um so yeah, I would say it's a general feeling of well-being after, but I, I, I've never finished kind of quote unquote a scene and then had it hit me later. Yeah. Same Interesting. here. Interesting. See, cause I think that some of mine, they do hit after because I spend the hmm. time processing and I reflect on it and you know, my body is still going through all these different feelings. Like you get the the flip-flop in your stomach or you get the racing heart or you know you just get this surge of something through your body and I find sometimes that's more powerful after the fact because I'm able to reflect on it and process it rather than in the moment where everything's kind of just bombarding me all at once um mm -hmm. and I I wonder as well if that's why sometimes there's for me at least, and I don't know about other people, like everyone seems to speak about space in such a positive way. Um, I've reached these spaces that are very negative. Um, and that has happened, I'd say probably 50, 50, uh, whether it's mid scene or after the fact, but I've definitely experienced negative spaces that I've put down to be in a form of my interpretation of subspace or bottom space hmm. but no one ever seems to talk about that like the negative side of the spaces that you can find yourself in well oh you mean like drop kind of yeah like but not really like it's drop is I, like about the, the chemicals and the hormones and so is space and i just i wonder if sometimes people put too much positive focus on space 
um, because like the negative feelings that, that I get in a space aren't the same as how people talk about drop. Like they talk about drop as being something that you need someone to help you out of, or you need like a, a routine to bring you back to normality and things like that. And it doesn't feel mm-hmm. that way. It just feels like, a this is the experience I wanted. I got what I wanted to experience, but the feeling that I experience as a result is not what I want ever again. So it's not the same as drop for me where I feel like bereft or lonely or cold or in shock or anything like that. It's more of a, a process, this information, and it's absolutely not what I want to ever experience again. Could that be a space or is it just a form of drop? I don't think it's a form of drop. Like, I mean, I can't speak to your experience, but it doesn't sound to me like drop. Like if, if I were to compare, um, like if I've ever had something like that happen to me, absolutely. Um, I've always thought it of as, as like I went too far or um, there was perhaps like a, I think this word is overused, but I'm going to say it anyways. There was perhaps a trigger or something that reminded me of the past that I wasn't expecting. And that will negatively put me in a, in a, in a really negative space. Yeah. So that's yeah, kind of, that's like kind of what it's like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think of those, I mean, obviously I think of those as like emotional flashbacks. Like you might not necessarily um, might not be a full flashback, but it might be reminding you of something subconsciously that you experienced that had that emotion um, that is a night was a negative experience. I have definitely had that happen. Yeah. Cause I definitely, with the way that people speak about drop and whatnot, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the same bucket, but it is a headspace. It definitely um, is. Yeah. So to me, I would put it in the bucket of being a form of space. It's just not the happy, floaty, drugged up space that feels like bliss. It's like the opposite. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. For me, I would like, I would describe that as like, I've had a flashback or something triggered me during the scene. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder sometimes if it's important to talk about like that side of things outside of it being a drop because other people will experience it. And you know, it's okay to think when I go into subspace, it means negative things. Like it's a negative feeling for me and I don't enjoy it. Like I don't get yeah. this spaced out happy feeling. I feel yeah. negative. So that is my form of subspace. And it's a place that I don't want to reach. Like I'm happy doing submissive or bottom activities, but that's not the point that I want it to get to. And it's hard to explain that to someone on the left side when there is so much onus put on space being this qualifier of, oh, that was the best scene ever because they the reached be all sub- end all. Yeah, they reached subspace. And yeah. for me, I'd be like, I reached subspace. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is why. Well, I think just-, just like everything, you know, people, if there's certain, I mean, if we take it, if we go back to like the drug or um, like even booze, like alcohol, um, you can, you know, drink one one night and you're in a happy go lucky headspace. And then another time, right. It could be dreadful. Um, and even with like some drugs affect people differently. So some drugs, you know, people will go, will take something and have like the most amazing experience and someone else could take it. And it was absolutely terrifying and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
that yeah I mean that really really opens up my mind and that's why I love doing this podcast it's like as much free therapy as possible and (laughs) but it's really interesting to have those like thoughts that you've had like you say about you know having drinks on one night versus drinks on another night and the two completely Mm -hmm. different experiences and also you know drop is more like the come down it's the hangover the day after or whatever from the drugs or the alcohol um and it's it's comforting to know that the way that I sometimes feel about things like whilst it's not necessarily the most common or popular opinion it's still a valid one and I think oh god it just gives so much validation to to me as a kinkster to hear other people say it's okay to feel that way because it's kind of like this experience that's not a kink experience but a a good comparison and I hope that there are other people out there that listen and, and get to feel that way as well um some of the feedback yeah. that we get from people where they've said listening to your podcast made me realize x y or z it just it feels amazing and I I love I just want to call you guys out for how much I love it when you make me feel that way like I'm involved in making the podcast but you can still make me feel that way same yeah, yeah you guys do that for me too hearts all round Mm-hmm. is there um, anything else that you guys want to contribute to the discussion on space uh, I think I have one more thing if you don't know if you're gonna go into any kind of space if you've never done anything kinky before um, and you're afraid of you know what could happen it's just let your partner know um, mm-hmm. please <laughs> and you know then if something happens they they at least will be like, all right, well, I'll be on the lookout for that. You, you know, you can talk about, uh, we just touched briefly on triggers, but you know, if you're worried about how something might impact you because of a past experience, um, this is why like negotiations are so important and why it's so important to talk to your partner about what you want and how you want to feel. And, um, that again, you know, it's totally a hundred percent. Okay. If you never go into subspace, you're still a sub. It's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. We also have an, um, a journal coming up on the, on the website that talks about kink and, and triggers and how to have those discussions with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I feel like that'll be a really important one for people. Mm-hmm. I think it'll touch Absolutely. a lot of people. Yep. In a non- sexy way (laughs) we all like being touched but sometimes it's nice for it to be sentimental too yes Yes. definitely (laughs) thanks for joining us this week if you'd like to know more about kink and bdsm or if you have your own adventure to share please visit kink101.com that's k-y-n-k 101 dot com because we put the Y in King